snap it, and it's Trey Burton who throws caught. Foles, touchdown. He goes. It's Hester. Inside the 30. Hester's going to take it all the way for a touchdown. You're listening to the Pigskin Project, the world's number one football podcast. Now with more insights on all things football, here are your hosts, Ben Hansen and Ryan Matthews. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Pigskin Project, the first episode of 2024. Ben, we haven't talked since like right before Christmas, man. How's yeah. your holiday season? Happy New Year. Good to see you again. Hope yes. you're doing okay. How you doing, man? Doing much better. I mean, for those who tuned in uh, to the last episode, I was, I was pretty sick. I was fighting some some gnarly bug or something. Uh, but I'm doing good, as you guys can see. I mean, you guys have probably seen this background a couple of times now at this point. Um, but this is obviously not the normal background that you guys are used to. I am back home uh, visiting family for the holidays. I just got the notification. So it was really, really good. Um, it was sad that my Eagles had to spoil my vacation. I was I was watching that game while on vacation, and it was it was tough to watch. I'm sure we'll get into it today. I'm not Absolutely. ready for how angry you're going to make me, uh, but I'm doing good. How were your holidays, buddy? Um, it was really good. Went on a trip, um, you know, all the way out to Wisconsin. Went to Cheeseland. Um, it's very weird because I, I checked out a couple sports memorabilia shops and I had a lot of bear stuff. So um, people up there in Wisconsin knows what's up. You know what I mean? Um, my mom tuning in here. My boys, glad you're feeling better, Ben. Um, so anyways, yeah, I am dealing with a little bit of cold too, by the way. So I might have to uh, mute, you know, as we go on. But Ben, I just want to dive right into everything today just because I'm very, very excited about our guest today. Yes. Um, so, you know, I say, let's go ahead and start. So basically, right, this guy, he's been on the show before. Yes. You know, very special dude. We care about him a lot. But I'm going to do a little bit different because last time we brought him in, we just did the music. But this time, just like the PI, PA guy at the Bulls game, going to do it. Introducing. Former bricklayer turned podcast co-host, Bears Twitter icon, mayor of Meatball Island, CHGO's own Greg Braggs, everybody. Welcome <laughs> in. I don't know if that was exactly Ray Clay there, Ryan, uh, the famous <laughs> Bulls P. I mean, you got to really sell it there. And now... <laughs> The starting yeah. lineup for your Chicago Bulls. Yeah. See, I was, no, gonna I, do was I was expecting that. So, like, we've worked our way up. First time I came on, just music. This time, music and introduction. Next time, I need that exact Ray Clay energy from you. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Well, here's the thing, man. We haven't talked to you since um, it was the Indianapolis Colts training camp. Okay, 
absolutely huge. Thank you so much for your time for one. That was cool to oh, yes. meet you in person. Um, but you know, I was going to do something, throw it in the intro standing at insert height here, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, now, I tell all my friends I'm six foot, but they don't believe me. And, <laughs> oh, no, man. My license says like five eleven and a quarter, but I always push it up to six foot. These guys on Twitter, like you're five, nine. No, I ain't. I'm close to six foot. <laughs> I round it up. So that's just the story. I'm going to stick to it. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Well, Braggs, it's a big week, man. I mean, for you and I, this is probably the biggest week of the season, even though the bears are out of playoff contention. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is personal for me, at least. Yeah. So, you know, you, You've been on CHGO for quite a while now, and believe it or not, man, it's almost a year. If we were to wait about, about three weeks, it would be like a year to the date um, of you coming on the Pigskin Project for the first time. Wow. But a lot has happened since then. I mean, you've met a lot of great people. Um, you've been, you know, reporting on behalf of CHGO, um, yep. still doing your Twitter thing as far as training camp goes and everything. Um, but, I mean – you know, you've got a little bit more of a special guest on every week as well. Yeah. Um, you know, why don't you talk to us a little bit about that? Because I think from a fan's perspective and knowing that you were in our shoes at one point in time, this has got to be a very surreal thing. And, you know, for one, to take it as a professional, but for two, just to take it in as a fan. What do you think? Yeah, it's it's been a great ride. There's no question about it. Uh, I don't take any day for granted. Um, and you know, it's, it, you know, coming from bricklaying and, and to be able to do this stuff every day as my full-time job is, is special. And it's, it's, you know, Cole Komet, we've had him all year to try to build a relationship with him and, and, and get friendly joking with him about different things that I think he should do better on the field and, and being able to have that honesty with him, like any fan, like, you know, we all as fans yell at the TV, like we would do it so much better when we know full and well, we can't. But that's the life of a fan, and, and Cole, I think, embraced that with me. So it's been fun to have that interaction with him. We had Brian Baldinger on today. We have him on every week. You know, these are guys we watch every day on NFL Network to be able to pick their brain and 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 joke with them and have a week-to-week, -week, you know, relationship. It, it's cool. There's no question. And then the people I work with, you know, Adam Hogue, Mark Carmen, Nick Moriano, Corey Wooten every Monday night, you know, these are things that, yeah, it's it's just kind of funny everything kind of moves so fast, but I never stopped to listen. To, I always stop to listen to the music every day. I, like every week I'll have a victory cigar just because I, I, every week I feel like I've accomplished something new. And so every time I'm putting something out there, like, yeah, I did that. It's because for me, I it's, I'm going to celebrate it. And, and yes. Yeah, and Adam Hogue, we all know we've followed him for, you know, for two decades now, he's been one of the best bears beat guys. And, to share a set with him and talk football with him. It's, it's cool. And it, it, I always just tell people like you guys and everybody else, like just keep grinding, stay passionate and, um, you know, try to be unique to what you're doing and, you know, build bridges, don't burn them. And, you know, and, and that, that, that's honestly some of the biggest keys sometimes in this industry, even if you're doing a, a smaller podcast, like you guys are doing or what I did with Braggs and the stands for four years, there's still a competitiveness attached to it. Oh, yeah. And so that can cause you to, to do things that can burn a bridge potentially. If you, if you're too competitive, 
with how you, um, you know, finesse the game. So, you know, I'm not perfect. You know, I've, I've done things that I wish I hadn't done or said things I haven't done even now the last couple of years, cause I can be a bull in a China shop. But at the end of the day, I come from a good place. I come from a place of passion and, and heart and, um, you know, so yeah, it's a lot of fun. I appreciate you guys, you know, supporting me throughout, throughout all this. And, and, you know, I'm always happy to come on anytime and, and, and throw the love back. Oh yeah. And I mean, it has to be huge too, just because, you know, from a parent's perspective for you, you know, not only are you setting a role model for people like Ben and I, um, you know, in a, in a broadcasting perspective and a, you know, sports media perspective, but for you to be a parent for your children, I mean, it has to be something like, you know, you went out and, you know, accomplished some of your dreams as well. Yeah. Um, you know, there's gotta be a message that you have for your kids within all of this as well. Right. A hundred percent. Um, my daughter's five, so she may not understand it completely. Like she still thinks I'm a bricklayer. She'll say like she'll point at houses and say, "Daddy, are you building that house and stuff like that?" And so she's still not completely. But she also sees me on TV, so she understands what I do. And but she doesn't understand the journey yet. But that is one of the first things when I, um, you know, officially became full time doing this and gave up bricklaying. Like my wife's a nurse practitioner. She's been very smart and successful her whole life. I've known her since elementary school. Actually, we started dating in high school and she's always been a little past her years. She's always been a little more mature for her age, every step of the way. And I always wanted my, our daughter Addison to follow her lead and, you know, take a few little things from me, sense of humor, you know, putting your heart out there and passion and energy and all that stuff. But a lot of stuff I was like, do not follow my lead for the love of God. Like, don't like I joked when we first had her, I was like, I want to move to Mexico. So I have no like impact on who she is as a person because I'm not perfect. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm, I'm a little bit of a screwball. And, um, but when I got this job, it did kind of show to me, like, this was one of the first moments in my life that I could truly say, like, I can't wait to show her this and, and get her to understand what, following your dreams is about and it's not just about you know it's about hard work passion desire consistency um you know and a lot of other things that went into play and, and i'm excited for her to understand that journey and uh, i hope and i know she will be but i hope she'll be proud of that i gave it a shot and see how far it goes i mean i like i said i don't take any of this for granted it could end tomorrow and i could go back to brick lane and i'd be proud of what i did and if it goes on for five more years that's great if it goes on for the rest of my life then uh, I'm going to be proud of it no matter how big or small this gets. And I'm not done yet. I'm going to keep climbing, see how far I can get with it. But, um, you know, it's I always stop and smell the roses along the way. Oh, yeah. for sure. You have to, right? Um, yeah, we've both got plenty of questions that I'm sure we'll ask, you know, throughout the show. Um, ben, I mean, you want to kick us off with with anything before we move into weekly news? No, I mean, it's just all sports stuff. But again, I, I mean, I remember when you when you uh, put the announcement out on uh, Twitter when you became, uh, you know, full time with this and we were we we're both very happy for you. It's awesome. Thank to you. See the journey. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Congratulations. So um, let's go ahead and move in to weekly news. Um, obviously, you know, with you being a Bears guy, we'll definitely cover plenty of Bears stuff. Um, <laughs> but, you know. Still pretty much the same exact layout. We've got a couple extra segments and stuff like that for you that you might not be as used to as last time. 
Um, but, you know, as far as weekly news, there's not a lot of headlines that um, we won't cover in an extra segment or two. Mm-hmm. Um, but one thing that has been like a huge topic of choice around Twitter lately is um, how Dolphins edge rusher um, Bradley Chubb tore his ACL on Sunday um, because he really shouldn't have even been in against the Ravens with them being down as much as they were. Um, So, you know, that's very frustrating. The Dolphins, you know, obviously dealing with a lot of injuries late in the season, stuff like that. Um, You know, Ben, lay it out on the line for me, man. Let me know what you're thinking. No, and and what really sucks is they already had lost their other edge rusher this past year to a a torn Achilles and Jalen Phillips. So, again, it's always so difficult to see a, a dude, especially the caliber of him, get hurt in a game that at that point was meaningless because they were up by so much. And that's why this week, again, I mean, we'll get into it when we go over the games. You'll see a lot of guys just sitting out and not playing this week. Yeah, it's yeah. tough. It's a reminiscent, you know, Derek Rose, we all know from Chicago, you know, they're up big in game one of the playoffs against the 76ers. And, uh, probably should have been out and, you know, faithful, you know, hop, you know, pro hop is what will always be remembered. And, and Derek was never the same after that and kind of washed any hopes of an NBA championship in Chicago. So you always got to be careful when it comes to playing guys. I mean, I, I'm, I heard Lamar Jackson's going to sit out, um, this week yes. here, this Sunday. And that's, the, yeah. that's, the, you know, rest versus rust. And you got to kind of balance that. Uh, but like to your guys' point, when you're getting blown out in a, in a game, you got another week to play. It didn't make much sense for him to have been out there. Right. And um, you had mentioned Lamar is going to be sitting out. Some other people guys. Yeah. Um, that will miss the season finale, um, you know, that have already been announced because there's probably going to be more than just this. But we've got Matthew Stafford, Kyron Williams, Cooper Cup, Lamar Jackson, as you had said, Brock Purdy, Christian McCaffrey, there's definitely going to be others on that 49er team. Joe Flacco, amongst others for the Browns, and then uh, Patrick Mahomes, amongst others for the Chiefs. Um, so that's going to be huge. But I did want to talk briefly um, just because my dad's texting me on the side, and I completely forgot that this had happened. So props to him. Um, but huge, huge, huge hit for the Dolphins, um, potentially for oh. a mental aspect. Um, Tyreek Hill's house caught on fire today. Crazy. Absolutely insane. insane. Yeah. What have you guys heard about it? Because I haven't really I, – I didn't really dive too deep into it today. I, yeah, I just knew it caught on fire. He left practice. He went there with his wife. Um, I mean, no one was hurt. No one was injured. Thank, you know, thank the Lord for that one. But, yeah, I mean, that, that, that's the big focus. You know, no one got hurt. But, yeah, I mean, it's absolutely insane. You know, you're at practice and then you hear your house caught on fire. I mean, you can't, can't even right. imagine because like how does that happen (laughs) yeah we don't know how it happened yet i mean um but i all i saw was the video so i haven't heard too much as far as information coming out but i saw him walking around in a boot you know and 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 i I was like damn your house is on fire and you had to escape with a boot on that that must have not been easy anytime i see a, a house on fire it always reminds me of when um when that girl from back in the day set the house on fire, what's her name? Um, from from the band, and she burned down like Tony Gonzalez's house. Do you guys? Oh yeah, yeah. I was, was yeah. for some yeah, left for eye some Lisa Left Eye Lopez, right? Wasn't that yes. her name? Yeah, Lopez. Yeah. And then who'd she 
Bert, who whose house was it? Uh, it was a football player, right? Andre Risen, not Tony Gonzalez. Andre Risen, yes, Dustin Matthews got it right in the chat. So anytime <laughs> I see a celebrity's house on fire, that's honestly what it reminded me of today. Like not every house on fire reminds me of that moment, but because this was an NFL player, it made me think of Lisa Left Eye Lopez. May she rest in peace because I'm pretty sure she has since passed. So I'm not trying to, yes. you know, yeah, uh, you know, th- <laughs> throw dirt on her grave. But I'm just saying, yeah. it made me think of that. Yes. All, all jokes aside, right? I don't. Obviously, this is a very serious topic. But when you had talked about like a girl that set a house on fire, this is the first thing that I had thought of. Um, <laughs> so I was like, <laughs> so yeah, just perfect. Oh, but, um, you know, just weird, but anyways, um, yeah, so we've lot, we've <laughs> talked about that. Um, I'm not going to display that. Yeah. I was going to say, let's right. <laughs> just leave it there in the comment section. I um, see it. It's it's yeah. a fair it's a fair point. You never know. Yes. Uh, allegedly, Dustin. Allegedly. Yes. yes. <laughs> um, yeah. So one other player I forgot to mention: um, Jets quarterback Zach Wilson will also miss the season finale with a concussion. Um, so just another note. Um, but the Jets have released Dalvin Cook uh, just in time for him to sign with somebody in the playoffs. Um, you know, I don't know exactly who he would sign with off the yeah. top of my head. But um, it's clear that, like, the Jets had very high expectations um, coming into the season. That's probably why Dalvin Cook had wanted to move on. And so it was for Jets. Aaron Rodgers. I mean, it was for Aaron Rodgers. And then as soon as everything happened, I mean, I, I, at this point we all know. But, like, yeah, as soon as everything happened, it, it, it was just downhill. And right. they, like, stopped using him, too. I mean, which – I mean, I'm a big fan of Brees Hall, so I don't want to say, like – obviously I don't want to pray on his downfall. But, like, mm-hmm. I mean – Brees Hall's who, who should have been the lead back anyways at that point. Um, but it is a shame. I mean, it'll be interesting to see where he ends up going. Maybe maybe like a, a Baltimore Ravens situation, especially with a guy like Keaton Mitchell tearing his ACL and being out for the rest of the season. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Braggs, do you think that there's maybe a potential playoff suitor for Dalvin Cook? I know I'm putting you on the I spot would imagine here, but... that that's why he got released. I mean, that he thinks that there's an opportunity somewhere. Why not? Why wouldn't a team – just try to add depth, even if you're not going to start them right away. Have somebody there break glass in case of emergency, and and one of your players gets hurt. You know, it, to me, only stands the reason. But you know, continuity is also a thing too. So maybe teams are like, uh, we got our guys, and you know, even a guy on a practice squad may not be as talented as Dalvin Cook, but understands what they're trying to do more than he does. Yeah. So I, it's hard to say, but I would imagine somebody would pick him up. I'm just going to close this with just one statement. I personally think that this is a very risky move from Dalvin Cook, um, considering he hasn't really put up great stats since he moved on from the Vikings. And we all know the market for running backs is very, um, very high. You know what I mean? As far as like, you know, um, it's low demand, high supply. You know what I mean? There's several guys that can fill in. Um, You've got James Robinson that's bouncing back and forth between practice squad, stuff like that. Um, for a guy like Dalvin Cook that was once a pro bowler, um, you know, you got to look at guys like, you know, Todd Gurley that don't even play football anymore. You know what I mean? Like at some point, you know, it, it depends on the situation. Clearly, um, yeah. Brees Hall, obviously the primary back, like you had said. But, you know, for a guy like Dalvin Cook to just bank on that, um, it, it's it's just risky. That's the that's the word I would use. 
Um, the last headline that I have for us today, um, before we go into, you know, a couple extra questions and stuff like that, and then we'll mm-hmm. move on to some other segments. Um, so Jim Harbaugh, your boy, Ben. That's not um, unbelievable. He's, he's in play for the Raiders head coaching job, um, well, according to multiple sources. And not only that, but I mean, you know, Bragg's. I'm sure that you've had to talk about it on CHGO. This is an absolute like dream for us to lay in Harbaugh in Chicago if Eberflus were to be well, let go. Flus is staying, isn't he? I mean, I'll, I'm sure you know you know the most about it, but like the reports are, he's staying for another year, correct? I'd imagine he's going to stay, and it's the most logical thing. It would be very unbears like to hire Jim Harbaugh. God dang it. It's sitting right there in front of you and it's frustrating. Like, um, and if you don't like Harbaugh, I'm sorry, you're wrong. One and two, (laughs) we forgive you for being wrong. He's a great football coach. The Harbaugh's, the Harbaugh's bleed football, their teams rally behind them. And so, you know, I, I, I would love Jim Harbaugh to be on the bears, even with, Matt Eberflus making the progress he has had, you know, when you have an opportunity to upgrade anywhere, even if there's a guy that's good at, are you, are you striving for good enough or are you striving for great? And that to me is the million dollar question. You know, when the, when the bulls got rid of, you know, um, Doug Collins back in the day, they had, they'd made the playoffs, you know, fell short. Well, there's Phil Jackson. They were, you know, they were striving for great. Doug was okay, yeah. but they wanted bigger and better. Dennis Savard with the Blackhawks was the, you know, a beloved, you know, former Blackhawk current, co- you know, you know, head guy. And they, they get rid of him for a guy named Joel Quinville, Quinville, who, you know, turns into, you know, the coach of the dynasty for the Blackhawks. And, you know, the Cubs did the same thing when they went to win a world series. They got rid of Rick Renteria you know, had done well, but, you know, had earned his keep as far as fighting through the tough years and Joe Madden became available. And that's because they were striving for great. And the Cubs, again, this year got rid of a guy in David Ross who had had a a solid year, almost got them to the playoffs. And they, they went and switched that out for the best manager in baseball Mm -hmm. and Craig council. And then proceeded to not, yeah. And then proceeded to not get him any players, which doesn't make a lot of sense to me, but (laughs) the point remains, the point remains like, you know, sometimes, and we've seen it so many times in the city that there's good. And then you want to strive for great. So if you think Eberflus is going to be great, fine, but we know that Jim Harbaugh is capable of being a great coach and you've got to balance that decision. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, the one point that I want to make, because we've got a couple comments rolling in that I'm sure Ben can answer Uh big Michigan guy over there. And we'll get to that in our college, um, our, our Ben's college corner segment. But, um, you know, Antonio Pierce is having a great season as oh interim head coach. So, I mean, yep. if the Raiders decide like, you know, or if Harbaugh decides to stay at Michigan. Right. And we'll, like I said, we'll cover that a little <laughs> bit. Um What's to say that they don't just give Antonio Pierce a little bit more time? Dude immediately I, took over the locker room, and it looks great right now. They're they're almost a playoff team. What do you think, Ben? Yeah. No, I, I, I mean, it, it goes back to, to when they fired Gruden and Rich stepped in their, their D.C. and, like, almost took them to the, the playoffs. There was a whole thing with, the, um, with that overtime game in Week 18 with the Chargers. 
Um, and everyone was calling for them to hire Rich again uh, and at least give him a couple years to f- figure out what he could do because he really turned that culture around. Um, but then they obviously didn't go that direction. They hired Josh McDaniels. That did not work, obviously. And now we're back in the same situation that we are with Antonio Pierce. Um, I, I'm going to be honest. If Harbaugh, again, as a Michigan fan, and I guess we'll get into it again, even though I promised myself I wouldn't talk about it, because um, I feel like we're talking about it every week at this point. It is just so frustrating <laughs> from Michigan's point of view. I just like teasing oh. you about it. <laughs> oh, I know. I know. Um, but, I mean, if we're going to be honest, if Harbaugh leaves, it, it's going to be for the Chargers. And that that's a big thing since the last time we talked uh, two weeks ago um, that really picked up steam it is him going to the Chargers. Um, I think now he's like the odds-on favorite too um, in terms of like sportsbook-wise um, to be the next head coach for the Chargers. Um, it's going to be really interesting. I know that your dad mentioned this. Um, so right before the um, Rose Bowl came out, um, Michigan's athletic director came out saying they actually offered him a 10-year, $125 million contract extension. Um, This is where it gets really tricky. Harbaugh just signed an agent, um, so he's definitely looking. Honestly, I said it before, I'm just ready for it to be done. Um, If he signs a contract, he's staying with Michigan. The stipulations within the contract that he's signing says he's not going to look at the NFL um, and as much as I really, really want him to stay, I, it, it's been like this for the last two, three, four years. Is he leaving? Is he going to stay? Of course I want him to stay, but I'm just ready for this saga to be over and done with. And hopefully we'll have an answer this time next week once the natty is all wrapped up. He's gone. He's, oh, don't they're going to, hey, but, but they're going to win the national championship. Yes, they will. You got that. Don't get greedy. Get your national championship. Let Harbaugh walk off into the sunset. He hired an agent. He clearly wants to go. You got a couple former teams in the Chargers and Bears that he's been a part of that make a lot of sense for him to go there. Uh, The Raiders, an option, but I I think Antonio Pierce has kind of rallied that locker room around the same way Eberflus has. So maybe your one sliver of hope is that options that seemed, you know, you know, plentiful are, are dwindling and maybe, yeah. you know, the chargers aren't enough with the cap hell that they're in. Uh, but at the same time, I think he, you know, he, he was trying really hard to get on the Minnesota Vikings, uh, you know, to be their coach. So he clearly wants to go to the NFL and now there's some teams you could argue are a better opportunity than yeah. to go to Siberia and coach there. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, absolutely. I just, I just hope if, if Michigan, loses Harbaugh, they don't hire Schroen more. Um, I'm just not a big fan of him. He's, he's our OC. He was the intern head coach for um, those wondering who he is. I, I honestly want our defensive coordinator back. Those who haven't followed that whole saga, um, Michigan lost like their defensive coordinator. And then um, Jim asked his brother, like, hey, who, who's a good guy to hire? And he actually hired the, um, the Ravens linebacker head coach to be our DC. And then after one year at Michigan – uh, John turned around and hired him back as his DC for the Ravens. Um, I, I hope we can get Mike if, if uh, Jim leaves. That, that's my hope. So. so this next segment, we're going to be calling Bears Talk with Braggs. Um, oh, you know, we, uh, you know, we came up with a few questions. Um, you've in part answered, I think you've answered, yeah, about 
half of this question that I had. Because at first it was, has Eberflus solidified himself as coach for the 2024 <laughs> campaign? We already talked about it. Um, yep. But, you know, my thing is if Eberflus is, is coming back, and I'm sure, like I said, you've already talked about this a little bit. So if you haven't listened to CHGO at all, please go check them out on YouTube. Mm-hmm. I mean, great show all the way around. But um, if so, has Getsy also saved his job by association? Oh, God. I think so. I think so. I think if they beat Green Bay, I think there's a very good chance they run it back with everybody. And it's just crazy that we've gotten to this point. And I, I, I am excited. And I'm also terrified for how this is going to play out, you know, because it's taken them so long to come together. And so I want to believe in it, but now we're basing it off of the last few games of the year. Now the Falcons were a tough opponent. This is also a tough opponent. So that would weigh heavily in, in my vibes going in that direction, more so than even beating Minnesota as ugly as they did or beating Arizona and not doing it as convincingly as they could. Granted, I understand Arizona beat Philadelphia the next week, but at the end of the day, I'm not worried about Philadelphia. Philadelphia has their own problems right now. They've lost four or five. So, you know, it's (laughs) so for me, I just want, I want the bears to make the right decision here. And I can understand the logic of running it back with everyone now that it has seemed to start to finally come together, but they have to promise me that they're going to start off on the right foot next year. And you can't promise that. So we just have to wait and see if that's the decision they go with that. They're not going to come out flat. And, and it takes them because let's not forget with Luke two years in a row, it took him six, seven weeks into the season to adjust. And so who's to say that that doesn't happen again next year? Well, you know, that now it's all in place and it all, well, okay, but why wasn't that the case to start this year? Why did you try to turn Justin Fields into a pocket passer who's throwing nothing but screen passes? You know what? Why wasn't a lot of the wrinkles you put into the offense there right away when you knew who your quarterback was? And so I will understand if they run it back. And I think there's a good chance of that happening, but I'll still have my questions that it's going to come to fruition next year with certainty. And you could say, well, they're going to add, you know, Hey, look, Tyler Scott dropped two touchdowns. Marvin Harrison will catch those. Okay. I get the logic, but we got to see it, you know, and we got to execute it. And, and, and let's hope that that's the case if that's how they roll with it. But I agree with you. Luke Getze has definitely helped himself out here in the last, you know, couple weeks. I mean, the, the Cleveland game was an embarrassment as far offensively. They couldn't get anything done. Granted Cleveland's a good defense, but you know, did other teams struggle as bad as we have against Cleveland's defense? Like we didn't, right. we had like 10 punts that game. I know that Cleveland leads the league in three and outs, but you know, it, I think we had eight, three and outs that game, you know, I, you know, and that's what I'm saying. Oh, well, Cleveland's defense is good. Well, I want to be great. Yeah, <laughs> I, exactly. I respect, I all do respect to Cleveland's defense, but I want to be better than Cleveland's defense. I want our team <laughs> to be able to beat that team because we want to win the Super Bowl one day. So baby steps, right? I'm trying to be patient. I'm not very patient. I'm, you know, trying to figure out how to fire everyone and trade everyone halfway through the season, <laughs> but I can, I can keep an open mind and they've definitely impressed me here as of late. 
Well, yeah, absolutely. I, I do really quickly. I'm so sorry for cutting mm -hmm. you off, Ben. Um, I, you know, don't be sorry. Don't be sorry, <laughs> man. It's a, I hey, he, 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 he's not usually like this. He's just like this because you're here. Don't be sorry. <laughs> Cut um, Ben off as much as you want. He's an I. I he's an I. I'm IU actually fan. a Michigan fan. I just go to IU. Okay. Well, oh, nobody's nobody's perfect. So you're. It's, <laughs> it's literally you just made it twice as bad by what you just. Did. <laughs> uh, um, so, I mean, one of my favorite things about, you know, watching CHGO is midway through the season for those different events, but I'm going to hold my own here because we are talking about Getsy, and I do think that he's, you know, you made a great point by saying like, he's almost regressed with that first half of the season and like that costs us a lot. And, you know, you look at fields and how much we want to compare fields to where we need him to be. For him to be the certified, this is the guy, you know, answer at the position. Um, I, you know, there's, okay, so last time we've talked, right, um, I had no coaching experience. But now, um, you know, there's a guy, I think we've talked about him previously, too, because I think he was on the show either the week before or the week after you. Um, but, you know, he was our coach in high school. He landed a head coaching position here in Northwest Indiana. Um, and so I coached for him this past year. And since then, we've been talking nonstop about the Bears just because we dive into it a little bit deeper. And so <clears throat> with that, you know, I'm more of an offensive guy. So I look at the offense more when I'm analyzing the Bears. And so what I'm looking at this is, you know, fields, um, you know, the first three weeks of the season, like you had said, trying to make him into a or pocket passer when he's not, you know, and Getzy as a whole, like looking at his offense, it looks like he's just overthinking it a lot. You know what I mean? Like you look at last year as a sample size for what fields can be, because this guy was playing like, okay, if you take like his running ability from last year and then evolve the passing game just a little bit more, you know, give him that DJ more and whatever, like you're looking at your answer, right? But with what Getzy has done, you know, with his offense, he's overthinking it even to the point to where we have designed runs that just straight up don't work. Like the way that Fields operates as a runner is on spur of the moment when he doesn't necessarily, it, when he's not supposed to run. That's not the play design. You know what I mean? Right. But he has to. So like, you know, when you look at that, it's like, is he going to, as a coach, because this is what you're supposed to do, are you going to adapt to Fields' strengths if this is your guy next year? Or are you going to continue this idea of this is what I want my quarterback to look like and repeat the same exact results that we had from what it seemed like Nagy was just a couple of years ago? Well, you I know think what there's I mean? a part of Getsy that doesn't know how. Like, just trying to look at it from his perspective, a lot of what Justin May does great are things you can't teach, and sometimes things you can't practice or practice as consistently, you know, getting out of the yeah. pocket, broken plays, finding that guy in the middle of the field open because the defense collapses on you, you know, and, and some of those things, like how are you supposed to practice that consistently? I understand there's the scramble drill, you know, right. and uh, Cole Komet, the touchdown, I believe against Arizona, that was a scramble drill in the red zone where, you know, they were running one play. Justin gets out of the pocket. Cole just runs, you know, a corner route from there. So that, that was something they've practiced. But at the same time, like, 
he you're that's all instinct and so that's i think part of the reason why it's taken so long for everything to come together right like cole and justin have played together for like three years you know so like luke's trying to get comfortable with this stuff you know it's so that that's i think the biggest hurdle for them to overcome is luke has a certain way he wants to run the offense and obviously comes from aaron Rodgers and the green Bay packers he wants to run it like that well you're not going to run it like that no (laughs) you know and and so how do you adjust and then and then be consistent in your execution when your biggest plays at times come from things that are off script. And so, you know, last week, that's why the Atlanta game was so encouraging. A lot of the big plays they made were on script in the pocket in stride throwing with, you know, anticipation, you know, that that's what you, that's why all of a sudden the pendulum has swing for a lot of fans, including myself. You're like, Whoa, he plays like that. Now we're cooking because then you add the off script stuff to that and you've got a generational talent, right? Like that's, <laughs> that's what it is. But what is Ryan Poles asked for in his evaluation consistency? So is there been enough while this looked great? Can Ryan Poles justify that and what he's seen from Getsy and the offense all coming together here at the end? and say, we're going to run this back. I can trust that they will now be consistent with what they have learned this year. It's a tough question to answer. Especially because it wasn't his decision to make the, <laughs> you know, make them coaches in the first place, according to Courtney Cronin, who yeah. reported that it was really Ted Phillips and, um, dude, I'm blanking on his name, but I literally met the dude. Uh, you know who I'm talking about chairman but you know oh kevin uh, mccaskey mccaskey, oh, McCaskey. Yeah. it was ted phillips mm-hmm. and mccaskey that brought eber in it wasn't ryan poles but anyways ben and that, you know that, that segued perfectly right into the question i wanted to ask you um in, in two two questions back to back i'll ask them both um one i already know is gonna get me real heated up here um obviously the big question right now that the bears fans are asking themselves is do you stick with caleb williams or uh, do you stick with Justin Fields or do you take Caleb Williams? So, A, which one do you think is going to happen? And then what do you want to happen? And then the second one, I don't know if you saw this. Um, Ryan tweeted out the most acidine thing the other day. He uh, was talking about if you put Justin Fields within this Eagles offense, um, the Eagles offense stays the same or improves. Um, so I, I'd like to get your take both on, on the future of the quarterback situation here with the Bears um, over the next course of year. And then that awful take, he, I just told you, he said, <laughs> well, I don't disagree with him. I'll start with the second. Oh part. my yes. gosh. You guys yes. are wild. No, no. You, you, all you guys <laughs> just talked about was how inconsistent fields can be at times. And, and, and how do you expect Justin fields to be consistent when the consistency around him isn't consistent? That's why that's the issue. Well, I'm going to be honest with you. Brian Johnson's play calling might be on the same level as Luke right now. It, it is well, awful. Right. And they've lost. And who do you, who's played better here the last five weeks, the bears or the Eagles? <laughs> no, no, no comment. Uh, you know, and no who's got the, and who's got the better talent, the Eagles. So I, I would argue we have the worst coach right now though. And that's the issue. You have, you are, it's first and 20 and your offensive play caller designs a QB draw. You pick up four yards, second and 16 now at this point. 
What does he do? QB draw again. I mean, he's calling the same plays like Tommy Reese from Alabama is. And then on third and 20, he throws a screen to Kenny Gainwell with Devontae Smith as your lead blocker. I think the issue within the Eagles offense is, is honestly the coaching. And I'm at the point where I want Nick Sirianni gone. And I understand he took us to the Super Bowl last year. There's something I wanted to talk about on the podcast last time. It, it was Shane Steichen. I mean, we're seeing what Shane Steichen's doing there with the Colts. Um, but anyways, your, your, your take on the, the Bears. Uh, yeah. UBC no, I, I just think like when you talk about the Niners, like, oh, you put – if you put Justin Fields on the Niners, they'd win a Super Bowl. Probably. I mean, look at how Sam <laughs> Darnold looked when he came in wow. for the couple series. I mean, that's what the Niners do. They have a system. You plug that quarterback into that system, and the talent around it lifts the quarterback up. I think the Eagles – for the last year and a half have been doing that for Jalen Hurts. And that's not to sell short Jalen Hurts' ability. He has a lot of ability. But is Justin bigger? Yes. Is he stronger? Yes. Is he faster? Yes. And so is he capable? Is Justin capable of making any throw on the field? Yes. Can Jalen throw with more anticipation more consistently? Maybe. But like from what I yes. saw last yes. year. <laughs> I, okay. And that's fair. But again, it's about consistency. Where last year they're a well-oiled machine. Their defense is they're getting 96 sacks or something. They're turning the ball over. They're putting their offense in opportune situations. It's complimentary football, which then leads to momentum helping your offense as well. So that's the point. It's not to denigrate Jalen Hurts. It's just to say that when you have a team that has as much talent as the Eagles or Niners do a lot of quarterbacks that have the kind of talent and athleticism that Jalen or Justin have would succeed in those systems because that's a conducive environment to develop a quarterback. So that, that that's all, that's the only point I, I I'd, I'd stick with. So I, I'm a little more on Ryan's side to those, to wow. those things. Yeah. That's well, we're, you know, yeah, you can't yeah, blame yeah. us. We're just no. a couple, we're a couple of meatballs. I mean, you can't blame us for our <laughs> meatball island takes. So, uh, now to go to your your million dollar question. Yeah. Last night I'm on with Bears After Dark and Corey Wooten is bullying me into <laughs> picking a side of the Justin Fields, <laughs> Caleb Williams, and and Corey can be scary at times. I mean, he did end Brett Favre's career, so he, he bullied out, like, he bullied me. <laughs> yeah, he bullied me into admitting that Justin Fields would be the best option to go into next year and then trade that pick back for a bevy of assets. Like to me, I think there's a lot of sense in doing that. It sets your franchise up for the next few years. And now all of a sudden you are the Niners. You are the Eagles where you have this loaded roster and like even more so than the Niners who traded away three of their first round picks to try to get Trey Lance swung and missed. Imagine if the Niners had had those picks instead of trading for Trey Lance. They'd be what the Bears might be next year, a solid team with a bevy of picks for the next few years. I think that's the situation the Bears could be running into if they choose to keep mm -hmm. Justin Fields. Do I think that Ryan Poles is going to do that? And you really got to ask me after the Green Bay game because I think there's a lot. <laughs> I think I think the momentum, like it, like I feel like. If he if he if he was if three weeks ago he's like I'm drafting Caleb Williams if we get the number one pick I don't think there's anything Justin can do in this Green Bay game to change that yeah but if in the last few weeks Justin has moved the pendulum on Ryan Poles' mind just over that okay I'm thinking about keeping you now Fields 
Well, if they lose this game, I think it could go back. You know what I mean? So like if, if he was already out on them, there's nothing he can do tomorrow. But if he's convinced him the last few weeks, I think the Green Bay game could be just enough to move it back against his favor. So I don't know what's going to happen in this Green Bay game. I might pick them to win because they're pulling at my heartstrings. Mm-hmm. I did pick them to win nine games, and I got screwed out of that three ways from Sunday. Uh, no pun intended. I literally got screwed out of that three ways from Sunday with the Denver Detroit Cleveland <laughs> game. But um, what I think Ryan Poles is going to do, I think he's going to be logical, like he has mm-hmm. been with the Roquan Smith decision, the David Montgomery decision to a lesser extent, the way he's approached the Jalen Johnson contract negotiations. He's he's pretty shrewd when it comes to this stuff and. I know he's big in, you know, the the analytics and the numbers. He looks at those things, the RAS scores. He looks at all that stuff when he's drafting players. And and so I think he's going to look at this. And in a couple months, once the emotion of this moment has worn off, and we get mm-hmm. through the senior bowl, we get through the combine, he talks with Caleb. I think the logical. So last night, Corey bullied me into saying we're keeping fields and here today I did it. And then the other podcast I did before that, I had said, we're taking Caleb. So on this podcast, <laughs> I, I am literally, I'm, I don't even care at this point. Everybody's like, I'm just going to continue to flip flop like a fish <laughs> all the way until April. And I don't care how ridiculous it makes me look or how much credibility I lose because I keep yeah. doing this. I'm not yeah. going to stop because it is the hardest decision well, to try to figure out in the history of decisions for any GM. So tonight, Corey's not here to bully me. I think Ryan, <laughs> I think Ryan Poles is going to, once the emotion wears off here in the offseason, I think he's going to come back to the, to the, to the moment of, I got to take Caleb Williams with this pick as much as I love Justin Fields. That's so, what yeah. I mean. Well, so with with that, I want to ask you, I guess, two questions then, <laughs> right? And and they're pretty small. <clears throat> so the first thing is you've literally talked to somebody in the locker room regarding this, you know. Yep. Do you think that there's going to be any animosity if the Bears were to move on? Absolutely. Because there are rumors saying that the locker room, there would be people that were would ask to leave. There would be people that, you know, would be very frustrated with it and stuff like that. People like DJ Moore have legitimately said that, you know, these two guys are not better than Fields. This is the greatest quarterback I've ever played with, blah, blah, blah. I don't mm-hmm. know if that was DJ that said it, but I know that that nope, was DJ said, said that. DJ said yeah. that after the Cleveland game even. He was asked by a Cleveland reporter, and he goes, those two guys coming out of college, they're not better than him, which I thought was yeah. a very profound statement to make. Knowing your GM has this decision coming. Uh, So I thought he was really laying it on the table for his GM there. And he's continued to uh, push even harder here, especially after the Atlanta game. Everybody is. Everybody's trying to convince Ryan. And there's it's impossible for Ryan to ignore this stuff. And maybe he's I, I he's a hard guy to read, man. He's a he's he's a good poker player. He's got a good poker face. I've always said that about him. I like the way he ca- carries himself as our GM. And so, um, yeah, it do, do I think it will split the locker room? I, I, I think that there will be players that are pissed off about it a hundred percent, but this is a business. Cole oh. even echoed those sentiments on our, on our show on Tuesday. And 
nobody's going to be threatening to leave. This is a business. These guys are going to play through their contract. They're going to, you know, they, they, their tape is what matters. And, and so, yeah, the quarterback decision for these guys on offense matters to them because they feel like they got momentum. But if so, ultimately, will they be pissed off? Sure. There'll be guys that are pissed off. Will they still come to mini camp and training camp? Yeah, because it's, it's incumbent upon them to get going and be good because that's going to help them get more money in their pockets. And so then when the season starts, that's where the rubber will meet the road. Because if Caleb is a bust, then that's where people will like, they're going to go, okay, Ryan, you did this. You're you're our boss. We're going to put our head down and get to work. But then when the season starts and the results go against them, that's when they're going to go, this is your fault. Don't be blaming us. You did this to us. And that's where the finger pointing would start if that were to be what happens, especially if Justin Fields is on some other team and playing well. That will make it twice as worse. So, you know, that's that's where you could find the split. But that would be a long way down the road. And the res- it's a results driven business, not just for the fans and the media, but for the players in the locker room as well, because results equal money in their pocket. So my second question um, would be, okay, so we know now what you think polls is going to do. Um, Soldier field clearly wanted fields on Sunday, <laughs> but if you're sitting in that chair, what are you doing on the days leading up to, or on draft day? Well, I'm waiting all the way. If I'm Ryan Poles, I'm waiting all the way until the night of the draft. I'm going to hold that decision hostage to the league. (sighs) And I'm going to see who panics, who, what team's going to come in and give me an generational haul to trade back. Because at the end of the day, if I, I, I think Caleb Williams is very talented, but if a team comes in, and offers you an offer you can't refuse. Every player has a price. Like it's unlikely he's Patrick Mahomes. Could he be very good? Yeah. Could he have a better career than Justin Fields? Yeah. But is there a trade offer on the table from another team that has a higher value than who Caleb Williams is? Maybe, maybe because that's, you know, it's a multiplier. We've seen what the number, what trading the pickback did for the bears this year. You do that again and you get a bigger offer for this highly touted prospect. This could set up your franchise for the next decade and look at it in, in it. And, and so you look at the Niners and how stacked their team has been for five, six years. Now they traded three first round picks for Trey Lance and they didn't miss a beat. So that goes to show you, if you are to build your team the correct way, you can take on a mistake like missing on a quarterback or making the wrong decision and sticking with fields and, and, and not going with Caleb or vice versa. You know, that's where, you know, that's the, the balance that he has to consider. And so for me, I'm waiting all the way to the draft to see if I can fleece the Raiders. Give me Max Crosby and multiple picks. Give me, uh, give me uh, Dexter Lawrence from the Giants in multiple picks. The the Washington Commanders, give me one of your defensive linemen Whoa. in multiple picks. You know, like let's get crazy here. Ryan Poles has all the all the leverage. 
he could just draft Caleb Williams if everyone wants to be lowballing with their offers. So he doesn't have to do anything. He could just take Marvin Harrison Jr. with the number one pick if he is going to stick with. So the league has to get desperate if they want that spot. So I'm waiting all the way into that moment. And, and it goes the other way with Fields, too. If the Falcons come in and offer the number nine pick for Justin Fields, Oh yeah, you take yeah, it. you take it. You take that for sure. Ah, uh, you know, let's start pulling the people that say we want fields. We want fields. What if they're offered the number nine pick? You yeah, know, three picks to use this year. Yeah, three picks in yeah. the top ten coming to you this this year. Yeah, you could have three first round picks over the next three years. You could have three first round picks this year, and taking your team. You you trying to be great? You trying to be good enough? You trying to strive for great? So I don't know. It's a tough decision when I get to that moment. If there isn't a trade offer that's insanely outstanding, I'm drafting Caleb Williams. Wow. Well, and, it, I, and everyone's going to get pissed at me. Like, ah, you're flip-flopping. Well, screw you. I'll do whatever I want. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and, and with the way the draft order is laid out right now, it's actually perfect for you guys if you guys decide to keep fields. Um, I mean, the Eagles did you guys a favor, especially with, with – the Cardinals beating us because now that moved them down to four. Um, and now that puts you guys at one, Washington at two, and New England at three. Yeah, and I don't know what the Card- what are the Cardinals doing, man? <laughs> I, uh, I don't know. Well, it, I threw it now, in your life, Ben. <laughs> yeah, right. But but with, with New England at three, we've all seen how bad Mac Jones um and Zappy have played this year. They're going to be desperate for a quarterback. I would not be surprised if you guys could get two or three first-round picks out of them. And now, with the Cardinals being at four, that would allow you guys to trade back to three, get your guys' like abundance of riches with the draft pick, and still draft Marvin Harrison Jr. Because the, you know the concern is, is trading past four. You're not going to get Marvin Harrison Jr. The Cardinals are clearly going to take him. But if you guys trade back to three, again, you guys still get the – two or three first round picks you guys are wanting and still getting in my opinion, the best player in the draft market. I don't want to lose out on Marvin Harrison jr. No, either, but <laughs> if we, it would be more important to, you cannot not have him on your team. If we didn't already have DJ more because we have yeah. DJ more in our pockets. I want at the very least to at, come away with Romy Adunze Malik oh, neighbors yeah. or, or Marvin Harrison jr. Just make mm. sure you come away with one of those three to pair with um, DJ Moore. Yes. Yeah. Marvin Harrison jr. Is the best case scenario. But at the end of the day, if you're trading that pick back and another team beyond three is offering you a trade package, you can't refuse. You have to take that deal to set your franchise up for years to come and then just take one of the other two wide receivers. Mm-hmm. You know, Adunze is 6'3", runs a 3'7". You know, Marvin Harrison Jr. is a 6'4", six, and runs something similar, right? Like, not I. we all understand Marvin Harrison Jr. is the crown yeah. jewel. But, you know, if you get one of these three guys to pair, I mean, Malik Neighbors has Odell Beckham mm-hmm. comps, you know. So we're trying to pair with DJ Moore, who already is a number one wide receiver in this league. Yes, Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to light it up in the league, but you're looking for the most value you can possibly get. So 
people that say just draft Marvin Harrison Jr. at one. That's that's malpractice. Yeah. If you're yeah. going, if you're not going to take Caleb Williams, you're going to keep Justin Fields. You you're already doubling down on the quarterback position. Then you're tripling down if you just draft Marvin Harrison Jr. when you have an opportunity to add quality picks for the next two Mm -hmm. to three years to set your franchise up for years to come. You can't pass on that opportunity as intriguing and as obvious of talent as Marvin Harrison Jr. is. Yeah. And I, I I mean, and I don't want to dig too deep into it because I mean, ask Ryan if, you know, I could talk hours about the draft, Uh, but that was another conversation we have. I mean, I love neighbors. Neighbors actually reminds me so much of DJ Moore. Um, but that was a conversation like we had. I don't know if if neighbors gets past the Chargers at six, honestly. But e- even drafting uh, Caleb Williams and then even getting a neighbors at ten or a Roma Dunze at, at, at ten, it would be just so much fun to watch. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, I'm um, excited to no, see no. what a, a Dunze does against Michigan here on Monday too. That's going to be yeah, a good yeah. matchup. Um, so. I've got two more questions um, really quick. Um, so majority of the talks on the number one overall pick after Chicago clinched it. Um, so, you know, obviously we're going to talk about that. You know, we just did. But who are you going to target at number 10? I mean, is that for sure going to be one of those two guys? But, like, what if they aren't there, you know? Well, if I, you're taking Mar- – it depends on who you're – sorry, Ben. Uh, you know what? No, I'm you not. go you know, no, I'm, not, know. I'm not <laughs> sorry. Boiler up. I'm not sorry. Um, yeah. Um, so if you're taking quarterback at one, then I'd like the wide receiver to be the next position. If you're taking the wide receiver with the first pick, then you're looking pass rusher, defensive tackle with that second pick. So that's kind of where my mind space is on that. That's what I, what I was thinking too as well. Dallas Turner is – rising up my my ranks right now in terms of what to do with that i i'm, I'm telling you ryan you have to watch a lot to a lot too dude it, it, his you take out a lot to a lot to his medical concerns he's the best oh my gosh but you can't do that uh the, the other thing too is, is you have two amazing tackles in this class in olu fashanu and joe Alt as well so i i, I mean i know you bears fans love braxton jones and you guys I don't want to get I don't love Braxton Jones, but it's like the same situation with Fields. The ideal scenario is that we have that position, you know, checked. And he may not be the future Hall of Famer, but and again, it's like, are you striving for good enough or are you striving for great? And so it's like you got to balance that. Is can you can can Braxton Jones be good enough so you can get the great wide receiver? Or do you need to go great left tackle to make your quarterback great? Because now you've got two guys on the left and right side of your you know offensive line that you know can stonewall you. Yeah. So, yeah, that's the interesting thing here to end the year was Braxton Jones playing good enough that Ryan Poles doesn't have to draft one of these tackles, and Justin Fields potentially playing good enough that he doesn't have to use the first pick in the draft on a quarterback and he can use it to his advantage to build this team. That was the grand plan heading into the year. I would, none of us entered this season looking to replace guys. We were excited about this season, trying to make a playoff push and adding talent after the year and everything's gotten real messy. You know, I predicted this team to win nine games. They may end up winning eight games, but we forget 
what the context of, okay, like if you had said at the beginning of the year, all three of us or any Bears fan, they're going to win eight games or more. Every single Bears fan would have taken it. But now that yes. we've arrived at this moment where they have an opportunity to win eight games, we're like, well, they didn't win them exactly how I wanted. They did the games they lost. They didn't lose how I wanted them to lose. And so you forget the context that that entails when you say you're okay with an eight win season. And now we're here and saying, I don't know if this is good enough. And even though we're kind of going according to plan for the whole time. Right. Yeah. Um, my last question, um, you know, before we get started with, you know, all the, all the other segments. <laughs> yes. Um, this has been great so far. Thank you so much for your time. Okay. Um, if someone in the future asks you what it was like to be a Bears fan in 2023 for you specifically regarding your experience with everything you've done, because it's been a huge year for you. Mm -hmm. What moment from this season, if you had to pick just one, would you tell them about? Well, for me personally and, and professionally, the, the, the post game show after the chiefs where I wore a bag on my head for two and a half hours was <laughs> probably, was probably the pinnacle of my, my career. Um, uh, and I, I don't know if I'll ever top it. It was that naturally funny. We did not plan that moment. It was just such a frustrating game. And Taylor Swift is like, it was the, that was the moment Taylor Swift exploded onto the NFL universe. And so we got to deal with, we got to be the first victims for that. And the bears getting Molly whopped by a quarterback we should have taken, you know, uh, in 2017. And there was just so much embarrassment attached to that game that right. Like literally during the countdown of our show about to go live, I was like, somebody give me a bag. It wasn't like we, <laughs> <laughs> talking about this the whole day it was something that just happened naturally and it led to some of the funniest moments we've had on our show and um so i was really proud of that because it just that's what i want to be is just genuine and authentic and sometimes that's hard to like you can't you can't force it you just got to let things kind of come to you and there's a lot of pressure in this business to you know, I'm not trying to play a part. I'm not a character. Who I am is who I really am in person. When you hang out with me, I'm just as much of a jackass when you meet me in real life <laughs> as I am when you watch me on the show, or if you're talking to me on Twitter, this is who I am. And I take a lot of pride in authenticity. So that moment was as authentic as it got. And so that would be the the professional moment for me um, is, is what I would tell people to go back and watch because it was it was hilarious and, <laughs> and, and i i will say he is he's 100 percent right again me and ryan met him um in person at the uh colts bears game and prags was having a field day with blue the uh the mascot <laughs> for, for the colts it was a lot of fun guys yeah <laughs> uh, blue blue is a blue is an asshole <laughs> <laughs> he is dude He's crazy. He gets aggressive. Like he, he does. He he like literally. He's assaulted me like three or four times. Like <laughs> honestly, I could file charges. He and he thinks he can get away with it because he's in a mascot costume, and he actually <laughs> does get away with it. Like, dude, when we were at that practice, he was like trying. He was like coming dangerously close to hitting people with a chair. Like, oh gosh! But, it, but it's blue, so he just like gets away with it. It's 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 maddening. And and when I see him at the combine, 
I might, I, I might tackle him. I honestly might tackle him. There you go. And then, and then <laughs> I'll get arrested. But Blue's allowed to do whatever he wants. Yeah. You ever see the videos of them like stiff arming kids in a flag football game? That's what I'm saying. Because you're in a, <laughs> yeah. you can literally get away with murder if you're in a mascot. <laughs> Um, all right, so let's go ahead and move on. Um, Braggs, I'm not sure if you're into sports gambling at all, but we did add a gambling segment yes. just because uh, Ben and I both turned 21 since we last talked. Oh, there um, you go. So, you know, um, so gamble responsibly or, you know, for anybody that wants to take our bets, who has the, you know, cajones to actually do that. Um, sure. But normally for Pigskin Payout, um, ben would normally do Thursday night, and then I would handle the rest of the slate. Um, however, Thursday night football, uh, there's there's no more games for that. So Ben's going to be handling it a little bit different. Um, ben, why don't you uh, you know kick us off real quick and explain to us what's new about this segment? Yeah, like Ryan said, I usually do the Thursday night uh, stuff for you guys. Um, it's been a little rough. I hit the first one, or I think the second one I gave you guys um, – and then I've missed out the last couple of weeks, but I'm confident about this one. Um, we're going to do a parlay for the Natty. Uh, we're riding with Michigan again. Everyone who's watched podcast knows a uh, big Michigan fan. Like Bragg said, I 100% confident Michigan is going to win this game. Um, and I already know that clip's going to bounce back and bite me in the, the butt <laughs> after Monday. Um, but what I got going for you guys uh, this week uh, is Michigan money line. Again, I'm confident in their winning. Um, over on points, Washington, um, they have hit like their over on points. I think like over 75% of their games this year, that offense is scary. Um, I'm taking over on JJ McCarthy's passing yards at 196.5. Um, and then over on Michigan's tight ends yards, Colson Loveland at 35 and a half. I wanted to put in, um, Blake Corum over one and a half touchdowns. Um, the odds for that was like plus 350. Um, but DraftKings uh, was salty and would not let me add that to the parlay. Um, but with just the four, like I said, uh, the money line over on points, over on JJ's passing yards, and over on Colson Loveland's receiving yards, um, we'll put you guys at plus 550. So you're going to bet $10 to win 65. I'm confident this one's going to hit. Um, I mean, obviously, I'm confident in all the ones that I tell you guys. I wouldn't be telling you guys something I wasn't confident in. Um but I'm a big fan of this one. I'm just, a, you know, it was a shame I couldn't put in the over one and a half uh, touchdowns for Cora. But I don't know how you guys are feeling about that. I'm not a gambling um, guy, that's for sure. Um, yeah. I, I, if you know how much I wear my heart on my sleeve with, you know, my predictions of the Bears, you'd know it's probably the smartest thing for me to say <laughs> gambling too heavily on sports when yeah. my biases creep in. <laughs> so. I'm going to do just because I didn't have a specific pick, but um, just because, I mean, it's already been an hour and Braggs, um, you know, there's only so much time that we could have with you. So I really appreciate it. Oh, but, no problem, man. You know, I could definitely, um, you know, kind of get through this real quick because I really want to go through our picks for the week um, just as we did last time that you were on. So um, my picks and payouts just a little bit different because I don't have lines. Um, I don't mm -hmm. have any anything so that you out. can necessarily yeah um but the thing is is that this is all based on player incentives that are in play for this upcoming uh week so you know i picked just a handful of players that are playing for extra cash um and you know 
not all of them just because I think it's stupid. Like I'm not taking the over on Tyree Hill yards when he's walking in a boot, but um, you know, Deandre Hopkins needs 49 receiving yards for $1 million more. Um, so that's huge. Um, he needs seven catches for $250,000 as well. So that's another thing oh, wow. that I would definitely take in. Um, Geno Smith literally just needs a playoff berth for two more, uh, $2 million more. Um, so, you know, maybe take the Seahawks money line against the Cardinals. Who knows? Um, <laughs> Dalton Schultz needs four catches for $250,000. Wow. And if he gets two more catches on top of that, he gets an additional $250,000. Oh, wow. So um, just six total catches for 500 K. Not bad. Uh, Devin Singletary needs 165 rushing yards for $125,000. Um, so it's a little risky. Yeah. But Devin Singletary is facing a defense right now that's bottom 10 in rushing D. Um, so I don't hate that. Um, and then last but not least, this is going to make it even more special for this next segment. Jordan Love needs a playoff berth. And he if he were to get that, he gets $500,000. So it's going to be so sweet when the Bears take that from him. It's going to be nice. great. Nice. <laughs> and then re- real quick, because I don't know where to throw this in. Um, but for the people who, who follow it, I know me and Braggs were going back and forth um, before we started. Uh, Indiana did lose 70 to 86. So there we go. <laughs> yep. IU, you know, now they got to start playing real teams in the Big Ten. Oh, wow. Make it away. Losing the first round of Florida Dickinson. Anyways, or second round. Get him oh, off first. the show, Ryan. Get him off the show. <laughs> All right. You know, so that's, here we go. You, know, you, you keep talking. And then I'll work with Ryan in the background and I'll start being his co-host. That was one of my favorite. I'm going to be honest, just, you know, because again, we can talk for hours. That was one of my favorite, favorite ones to tune into after that. I'm going to be honest. Yeah. So we're going to get started with Pigskin Pick'em. Ben, I don't know if you knew this or not, but so last week we did do, yeah, we we did our predictions um, despite the fact we didn't have an episode because of the holiday season. Um, so what I tried to do, cause we, we disagreed on seven games, which is a lot compared to what we normally do. Yeah. Um, I tried to kind of get a little bit of a hand or an upper hand just because I need a little bit more of a comeback this season. Ben, I did not get that. And you <laughs> now have a 17 game lead after that last week, which declares you as the winner for the pigskin pick'em segment for 2023. Two years Congratulations. Second straight year for you. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you went 13 and three. I went eight and eight. I posted our predictions on our Twitter page. So if you guys haven't followed it, please do that. Um, but I am, uh, you are 165 and 88 and I am 148 and 105. Not a great year for me at all. Um, Braggs, you, uh, last time that you were on, it was the divisional round. So there was only four games to pick. Uh, you went one and three, you went bold picks every time. So you were definitely trying to kind of turn that around here. Um, let's kind of go a little bit speed round with this. Um, we're not mm-hmm. going to include scores or anything like that. Let's go ahead and start with the Saturday slate. There's two games. Steelers at Ravens kicks us off. What are you thinking? Well, I mean, Lamar's not playing, right? Nope. So I'm taking the Steelers. Okay. As am I. Ben? Nice and easy. I, you know, I have nothing to lose. I'm going Ravens here. I don't think Huntley's <laughs> going to do bad at all. Texans <laughs> at Texans at Colts. This is a win and end situation. No matter who wins this game, no matter what happens in any other game in the week, one of these two teams will be in the playoff. Greg, what do you think? 
Seahawks and Eagles? Is that what Texans you said? and Colts. Texans and Colts. I'm sorry. Um, damn. Texans. Got to be the Texans, right? Yes. I'm thinking yeah, the same no. thing. I, I, I'm right. I, as much as I want like the Colts to do it, because I think the Colts did it, that would solidify like Shane Steichen being the coach of the year. I love Shane, uh, but it, Stroud is so much fun to watch this year. It, it's the Texans. Dare I even say that one of these two teams, no matter who makes it, is a huge dark horse in the AFC to get another win and sneak out, you know, some kind of shocker in the first round? The, the Browns are my dark horse this year, and I mean, I don't know if I want to consider them a dark horse at this point with how well Joe Flacco. Oh, it definitely would be if the Browns were to play the Ravens in the AFC Championship and Joe Flacco takes down the Ravens. That would be insane. It would be wild. Cinema. Um, Sunday's noon slate kicking us off here. Jaguars at Titans. Greg. Titans and who do they got? Jack Jaguars. Now I gotta give love to the Jags after taking down the Panthers, so I'm going Jags. Yes. <laughs> ben? As as much as everyone on the show knows, I'm a Will Levis guy. I have to go to the Jaguars. I wait. You're you're a Will. You're Levis a Will guy, Levis guy, but Will Levis guy, but I have to go with the Jaguars. I think the Jaguars. Oh, there we go. Okay. I'll take the Titans. Um, I've got a go. uh, Will Levis autograph card that's supposed to be coming in the mail soon, so that'll be cool. Um, Vikings at Lions, Greg. Well, Lions, do, are, do they have any? Are they going to be resting their guys? Are they? They still got something to play for. So I'm taking the Lions. The Vikings suck right now. This would uh, so the Vikings are definitely playing for a playoff berth, but they're starting Nick Mullins. Um, it's going to be pretty interesting, but just something to think about. I definitely think the Lions are going to win though. Yeah, I'm right there with you. We didn't get into it just because of time, but that fiasco at the end of the game last week with the Lions and the, the Cowboys, which was awful. Um, oh, the refing this year has been bad, uh, but I'm, I'm going Lions. Yeah. Um, Falcons at Saints. This one, um, they're potentially playing for a playoff berth. It all yep. comes down to the Buccaneers and player uh, Panthers. So, Greg, what do you think? Yeah, I, I think the – it's at Saints? Yes. Yeah, I'm going to take the Saints. They've been on a roll lately. Yeah. Uh, this, I think this is the first one that, that me, me and Greg have finally picked different. I'm going Falcons. Ooh, okay. Well, they're, they're fighting for the playoffs. I mean, if they win and the Bucks lose, I think they're in. Yeah, I think the Saints are going to take this one uh, just because our buddy Matt is rooting for loss now. So <laughs> – uh, they're just going to make him mad again. Oh, yeah. uh, Jets at Patriots. Jets are playing without Zach Wilson. Both teams suck. Greg, what do you think? <laughs> yeah. I, I, the, the Patriots are just as dumb as the Cardinals. They keep trying to win, <laughs> you yeah. know? So, like, I think the you know Bill Belichick, you know, he apparently doesn't care about draft stock, so I think the Patriots are going to try to win, even though they shouldn't be trying to win thinking the same exact thing just because I don't think Bill Belichick's going to go out with a loss though, so, especially not to the jets. Yeah. Then, uh, <laughs> do we know for sure that they're going to get rid of them? They're, I, they're <sighs> contemplating it, which is enough for me to think like Bill's playing for his job right now. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I I'm right there with you guys. Um, I'm, I'm going Patriots. <laughs> Buccaneers at Panthers. Greg. 
Uh, Bucks are fighting for playoffs right now if they win their end. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm rooting for the Panthers after they helped us out this year. We've been rooting against them all year. So I'm happy to root for them this week. Thank you, Panthers, for helping us out. But I think the Bucks are going to win. I Yeah, I I know what you're thinking. I'll wait. But, Ben, what, what are you thinking? Yeah, yeah, I'm right there with, yeah, the Bucks are winning, especially with how well Baker Mayfield has been playing. I mean, last like, yeah. month has been an absolute tear. I'm, I'm going Bucks. Um, so I'm also going Buccaneers, um, just because Bryce Young, um, kind of like left a little early, uh, with an injury, but I think he did come back. Um, yeah, he, he has been, um, I'm kind of tempted to take the Panthers because I don't really need them to lose anymore. Um, and they put up a really good fight against the Packers too. So I think that they could compete against the Buccaneers. It's going to be a lot closer than what people think. Um, but Browns at Bengals. Browns are resting a little bit of their players. I'm expecting like Miles Garrett not to play, et cetera, et cetera. Greg? Yeah. I so break it down for me one more time because I don't know. I'm having a tough one with this one. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you know, resting a little bit of players, you know, obviously they've already clinched their playoff spot. The Bengals are just playing for pride at this point. Yeah. Um, what are you thinking? Man, I, I have been impressed here by Browning. I, he, yeah. he has been fun to watch here. You got the, another thing where you like talk about the, you talk about the system, right? And you know, like he just jump jumps in there and starts throwing three hundred yard games. But you know, the Browns are on a hot streak. I mean, that the Browns are still playing for something, right? Like they, they're like as far as positioning goes. Um. It, it's positioning within yeah. like like so they so they 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 made the wild card so it's just positioning within the wild card. Like, do they have a shot at a home game? No, no, no. because of the Ravens. They're, yes, they're in the same know, that's, division. They that's the tough because like if they're, they're going to play a, right, if they're going to play a road game, no matter what, then how much incentive do they have, and how much do they need to be careful about playing their starters in the second exactly. half? Exactly. This is a why, I mean, Flacco's sitting. Flacco's not playing the entire game. I, I would be surprised, and like Ryan was saying, like I would be surprised if a guy. Like yeah, I think I'm gonna go with the bang. I think I'm gonna go with the Bengals here. Okay. <clears throat> yep. <Ben? laughs> yep. Yep. Bengals? The Bengals. <laughs> that one. That one felt easy for me, especially with again with everyone sitting and the Browns not really caring about. Well, who's their backup uh, for the Browns? Um, it's actually. It's DTR? Uh, well, it's DTR, but it's not DTR playing. They signed a. A guy off the um, the Cardinals practice squad. Why wouldn't they let DTR just go? I mean, okay, I guess that's they, a good question. I, I guess they have a package of plays for him. Like he's a part of the offense that they currently run, so he'll have, maybe that's part of it. Who knows? Um, they Jeff Driscoll is their quarterback. Oh, Driscoll signed. <laughs> signed him last week off the Cardinals practice squad. There we go. Um. Okay. All right. Here we go. Yeah, I'm going with the Browns. Um, I don't care. I think. Yeah. No. I'm. I'm wow. You know, they might lose. I have nothing to lose right now. I'm just going straight up. I mean, the Browns are the better team. That's what I think. I don't. You know, who knows? All right, Greg. Here. Here we go. Set it in stone here for us. Bears and Packers. Do we sell our souls again and <laughs> pretend like this is going to happen? <laughs> yes. On paper, they should beat this team. Because defensively, they've been playing great, outstanding since Montez Sweat has got here. 
I think he's going to give Jordan Love some problems. Secondary's been balling out. Linebacker's been balling out. So if the defense just does what they've been doing, and then the offense, who's going up against a Packers defense, who's not very good, you know, ranked like 30th in DVOA and let the Panthers hang 30 on them. Like, it's yeah. not like the Packers defense is all that good. So if the Bears offense is who they think they are now, then there's no reason why they can't put up 25 or so points. And can the Bears defense hold Jordan Love below that? Yeah, I think they can. So as long as the offense holds up their end of the bargain on the road against a defense that's susceptible to getting gashed, then I'm going to take the Bears to win against the Packers. And if they don't, then I'm firing everyone and I'm trading. <laughs> um, ben, what are you thinking? I'll, I'll let you go first, Ryan. So my thing is that this is the best situation that I've ever been in as a fan going into this game. Because as I said before, it is always personal for me. Like I take this way too seriously. Um, but my thing is, it's like we win, we go out with momentum and like a lot of high expect, well, I mean, not even high expectations, but a lot of excitement, um, mm -hmm. you know, going into the off season, we beat the Packers. I'm happy. It's finally like enough closure to end the season and be like, totally okay with that. Like, yeah, we're not in the playoffs, but at least we beat the Packers. Like, that's cool. Um, and if we don't beat the Packers, instead of being angry, we get to say, all right, Cool. We'll see you next year. We got two oh, picks on. in the first oh, ten. Bears fans are going to be angry. So, you guys are going to be angry. <laughs> so my thing is like, you know, you look at the Packers because I looked at Tankathon, right? Because, you know, I'm like sitting here, like, okay, if the Packers somehow win this game and they make the playoffs, right? Where does that put them in the order? And right now, assuming that, you know, let's see what we all had the Jaguars winning, um, mm -hmm. we all had the Colts losing. So you're looking at, you know, potentially the Packers might fall out of the top 20. Like if they well, win this game. Well, it depends on, on, on the winners and losers of the wild card round. But, I mean, 19 is a lot. Yeah, you're, you're looking – yeah, it's it's pretty solid. So it's like looking at it from a Bears fan perspective, it's like, yeah, cool. <laughs> we'll see you guys next year. Good luck, you know. And – Going into that, yeah, that's fine. But I'm taking the Bears. I don't care. I'll sit here and I will be totally fine with being wrong if this happens because it's not going to be the first time. And if I'm right, then I'll run a victory lap around the, the around my room when we have Kyle Gagliardi in here because I'm totally, totally going to rub that in his face next week if we yeah. beat them. But then <laughs> you're probably going to pick the Packers. Right? I yeah, you know, I'm I'm totally okay with this week being being Braggs's villain. Um, as much as I, as much as I really, really want the Bears to win, and, and, and again, we, we talked about it for at nauseum at this point, like for forty five minutes at, at the start of the podcast about how how important this game is for Fields, and you know he very well could be playing for his beer his Bears career in this game. Um, I said it at the beginning of the year, man. I just cannot pick the Bears to beat the Packers until I see it happen. Right, and until I see it happen, it is just so hard for me to pick them for that reason. I, I am going to pick the Packers, but I I'm truly rooting for you guys. I would, I, the disdain for the Packers. I'm not even a bears fan. I'm an Eagles fan, but I really don't like the Packers 
Um, I'm really rooting for you guys, but I, I am going to go Green Bay with this one. Um, and again, I'm okay with being Braggs' villain. It's going to be a rough week if, if Michigan loses. I'm sure I'll get some mentions from him if Michigan <laughs> loses on Monday. <laughs> no, I'll just bust your ass about IU uh, all year long. So, <laughs> Oh, gosh. Um, that's it. Other than that, you're safe. But I don't blame you for feeling that way. I mean, they certainly got to prove it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I like I liked the matchup. I like the spot they're in. I like the momentum they have going into this game. So it'll be interesting to see if Green Bay can get us one more time. If not, let the Chicago Bears era rain down on them. I will say this <laughs> before we move on. Um, Ryan Poles, when he started, said that you know his goal was to take to take the North and never give it back. And in oh, the second year, going 500 in the division after a one rebuild year and having two straight years of number one picks, it's one heck of a way to get it done, man. Yeah, you finished um, three three division wins in a row. You know, uh, what you five, five of their last six games uh, finished the season eight and five. You know, there's a lot of positive signs. Finishing season three wins in a row. There's a lot of different momentum they can have to roll into next year. So it'll be interesting to see if they can pull it off. I'm rooting for them for sure. Uh, I don't care about where their draft spot is. They've got the number one pick. So let's let it be what it is, and let's hope the Chicago Bears can uh, end the Packers season just like the Lions did. And the Lions went on to win their first division title in 23 years. So. Uh, maybe the Bears can find that same kind of energy here and roll that momentum into next year. Yes. Um, we've got a few more games, and then I've got one tiny little thing I've been putting together um, before we let you go. Cowboys at Commanders. Greg, what are you thinking? I'm going to take the Cowboys. Thinking as well. Easy. Yeah. Yep. Don't even need to spend that much time on it. We got it. Broncos at Raiders following the whole meltdown with Russell Wilson. That was interesting. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I'm gonna take the Raiders. Why not? I I, I, yeah, I was really thinking about again leaning into the whole villain arc against Purdue and, and, and picking you know Aiden to lose, but I can't. Aiden's fun to root for. We're we're going Raiders. He is fun to root for, and uh, <laughs> quarterback the Bears did heavily scout in the offseason last year. Yep, interesting. Um, Eagles at Giants. <sighs> God, are, the, are the Eagles going to wake up, Ben? I, I, I don't know. I, I really don't know. I was, I'm actually half debating about picking the Giants in this one. I'm, gonna be I'm taking the Eagles. They're going to wake up. Then they're going to uh, get hot. They're going to get hot in the playoffs. I, I again, oh, I, 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 I'm, nice gonna, I'm, I'm going to pick the Eagles as well. And, and all I'm going to say is, Super Bowl 47. It was our Harbaugh Bowl. It was the Ravens. The Ravens. Ended the regular season that year going one and four in the last five games. Who's to say the Eagles can't do the same exact thing, finish the season on on like a really bad skid, and, and then go to the Super Bowl? I mean, we saw it last year. This team's 100% capable outside of Shane Steichen, core of the teams here. I, as much as it was a felt like the world was ending, the sky was falling after the weekend I just had watching that. Um, <laughs> It's, it's possible. I'm going to go to the Eagles, and I'm still holding out hope. Uh, again, I would have liked the one seed. I would have liked the um, – or, or the to win the division, not the one seed. I would have liked the refs to done their gosh darn job 
because if the Lions would have won, we would have won the division and it wouldn't have had been anything I worried about. Um, but it's okay. The Eagles will fight an uphill battle with the five seed and we're going to win the Super Bowl. So. <laughs> and there we go. I'm telling you right now, I'm picking the Eagles, but it's going to be a really close game. And yeah, it's, not it's going, going to, to be too close for comfort. Yeah, no, it's, <laughs> it's going to be like the Giants game two weeks ago. It's going to be just like the Giants game two weeks ago. Rams at 49ers. Greg? Rams. Rams, uh, you know, staying mm. hot. Staying hot. So I'm going to take the Rams, you know. are they? They're not in, right? They got to win to get in. They are in. They are they're in. They're in? Okay. They're in. They're sitting but their Stafford. spot. Yes. They're sitting Stafford Cup and Carson Kyron Wentz. Williams. Carson Is, Wentz. And are the 49ers locked into their spot? Yep, yes, they're number one. Oh, yeah, the thing Rams. is, is yeah, Rams. the Rams is playing. They're playing for um, uh, like matchup at this point. So mm-hmm. what I'm thinking, I think that if the Rams win, they'll play the Lions. If they lose, they'll play the Eagles. So if um, you're the Rams, you want to lose at that point. <laughs> Just saying, <laughs> I would um, rather with the way these teams are looking. I'd rather I, I like my chances better against the Eagles than I do the Lions, but. Are you are you going Rams too, Ben? No, I, I'm going the Niners. Uh, I almost went the Rams, but like like Bragg said at the, at the very top of the show, um, Sam Darnold like actually looked like pretty okay in this Niners yeah. um, offense. Again, Purdy sitting, um, Sam Darnold looked just fine. And as an Eagles fan, knowing Carson Wentz is going to be a starting quarterback for the Rams, I have so much disdain for him. Um, I'm never going to root for Carson Wentz ever again. Um, Niners, and that's hard for me to stomach as an Eagles fan to pick the Niners, but I'm picking the Niners as well. Um, all right, Chiefs at Chargers, Greg. Uh, Chiefs without Mahomes. Oh, without Mahomes, huh? Without Mahomes, they've clinched their playoff spot because of a division win. So, um, Uh, I guess I'll go Chargers. Fine, why not? This is a weird week to pick games, yeah. I'm also I'm, I'm, going Chargers. Yeah. Yep. Chargers. And then Sunday night football. Real Bills quick. I, 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 I picked up on this. Um, you, there's one more game in that slate you miss the Seahawks versus Cardinals. Oh, thanks for pointing that out. For some reason, I totally missed that. Yeah. Yep. Um, when do they play? What is they play in that, that same slate? They play in the, the, okay. the afternoon slate there. Awesome. Thanks for pointing that out because, yeah, that's weird that I missed that. Um, <laughs> all right. Yeah. Guys, what are you thinking? Seahawks. Oh, man. I'm so rooting so for the Cardinals, but the Seahawks are going to you are. <laughs> Hell yeah. Get them out of – get them as far away from us as we can. Um, I'm going to go – I'm going to go with the Cardinals. Um, This is – I mean – Cardinals looked great against Philly, man. I, I mean, they're going to knock the Seahawks it's out. It's because Philly's defense is trash. Um, yeah. All right. So, yeah, Sunday Night Football, Bills and Dolphins. What do you guys think, Greg? Going Bills. I'm, I'm, I'm going I'm going Dolphins here. I I, 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 I don't know what's going to happen with Tua – or um, not Tua, with Waddle. Um, he, like, early this week was, like, He's not going to play, but I guess he was at practice. Um, Tyreek doesn't look like he's going to play. It's really interesting. I don't know what's going to happen there, but I am going Dolphins, and that's going to be really interesting because if the Bills win, they're going to be the two seed in the playoffs. 
Um, but if they lose and Jacksonville wins, then the Bills are completely out. So the Bills could either be the two seed or completely out of the playoffs, which is, yeah. which is baffling. But I, I'm going with Dolphins. Yeah. Um, I'm going with the Bills. I think they'll win. Um, all right. So, um, Braggs, before we let you go, man, um, I put together this pretty cool thing after we, you know, as we're going through our predictions, um, I have your your playoff, uh, your your wild card matchups um, going into it if everything were to happen exactly as you said it. So we would have the number two Bills taking on the number seven Texans. Okay. Uh, the number three Chiefs taking on I'm the number go, six I, Dolphins. We'll go one by one, but I'm taking Bills. Okay. Um, number three Chiefs versus the number six Dolphins. Taking the Dolphins. I like that. Number number five Browns taking on the number four Jaguars. Taking the Browns. And then in the NFC, we've got the number two Cowboys playing against the number seven Seahawks. Taking the Cowboys. Number three Lions taking on the number six Rams. Lions. And then the number four Buccaneers taking on the number five Eagles. Taking the Eagles. And then that that would make it even more interesting. Yeah, because yep. and then in your divisional, you've got the number two Bills taking on the number five Browns. Taking the Bills. And then number one Ravens against the number six Dolphins. Ooh. Ravens. See, that seems like a good matchup, but it just happened. I mean, it, it just garbage. happened. They blew them out. Yeah. <laughs> um, number one 49ers against the number five Eagles. Yeah, come on. Taking the, <laughs> taking the Eagles. That is funny because this time last year you picked the uh, the Niners to beat them in the in the playoffs when you were on the podcast <laughs> last year. Is that what happened? Number, That's not what happened. No. <laughs> <laughs> number two Cowboys against the number three Lions. Taking Ooh, that'd be such a good matchup. Taking, we the, just saw taking it. the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. And then in your championship round, you'd have the number one Ravens taking on the number two Bills. Taking the Bills. Oh. And then the number two Cowboys against the number five Eagles. Taking the Eagles. Wow. That's awesome. Your Super Bowl, Bills, Eagles. Taking the Bills. Oh. That's okay. Right in the heart. That's crazy. Ah. If we go on that run, I can't be mad. If we if we go on that run, I can't be mad. Oh, you'll be mad. <laughs> oh, I, oh, believe me, I, I know. You'll be mad. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, hopefully this week goes a lot better than uh, the last time you were on the podcast when it comes to your record. Uh, so you know, thank you so much for your time, man. Um, obviously, as always, go Bears. But do you have anything else you'd like to say um, before we let you go? No, I appreciate you guys having me on. It's going to be a fun off season of coverage. Uh, we'll have to see what the bears are going to do, but uh, I know they're in, they're heading in the right direct direction, no matter which path they choose. And that's an exciting spot for this team to be in and credit to Ryan Pulse for putting the bears in this position. So uh, I think um, better days are ahead and maybe some playoff games we can talk about with the bears being involved in those playoff conversations uh, will be coming here 
next year. Uh, so we'll just have to wait and see, but excited to see what the bears are going to do this off season. So that's about it for me, but I appreciate you guys having me on. Absolutely. Thank you so yeah, much. As always, of course, everybody, everybody Boi- boiler up, Ben. That's what I got. <laughs> are you, are you, are you going to be at the game in two weeks? Is it um, January 16th? What is that? Is at that IU? In, in Bloomington. Yep. Uh, probably not, but I'll be at the one in Mackey. There you go. Yep. Nice. Best of luck to you come March, man. And then yeah. re- real quick before you let you go, I know you said it before, but I just want, I just want to hear it again. Uh, who do you have winning on Monday, Michigan or uh, Washington? Yeah, I didn't, I didn't say I'm rooting for Michigan. I thought Michigan was going to get their ass kicked against Alabama. Oh, I, I have no, I had no, I had no faith in the big 10 against Alabama. They showed <laughs> me something. So I'm going to say Washington hasn't played a, a team like Michigan, the caliber of Michigan yet, and Michigan's gonna come home with the win. Go Harbaugh! <laughs> Let's go! All right. Be- well, thank this, you that's much. a kiss of death right there, but it, it I mean, is. It is. If he wins the chip, I think he's leaving for sure. So, all right. So well, I appreciate good. you guys having me on. I'll, I'll uh, hit me up anytime. You know, I'm happy to come on. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thanks again. I appreciate. Of course, it. man. Yep. And bear down. Take it easy. Bear down. <laughs> all right. So that a was Greg Braggs. And um, we've still got a couple segments that we've got to get to, um, mm-hmm. but you know, feel free to stick around if you guys were Please here from Bragg's. Um, if you guys have any questions, anything like that. Pro football isn't the only game in town. Let's take a stroll to Ben's College Corner. All right, so this is huge, man. I mean, what a week, right? Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, I actually like sadly, I, obviously, everyone should know where we're going with this one. Um, Michigan versus Bama. Well, I'm gonna obviously talk about that one first. Texas versus Washington, and then we'll wrap up the whole segment with me talking about kind of the predictions of Michigan versus Washington. Um, obviously, if you guys tuned in earlier in the episode, you guys kind of know the way I think that game is going to turn out for us. Um, but it was a shame. Um, I was not able to watch the end of that game. Uh, pretty much the whole fourth quarter, I was not there watching that game. Um, oh. I had something come up, um, and I was not watching that game. So I did not see um, Michigan going down the field to, to score, take that into overtime. I did see Michigan um, uh, stop them. Like I tuned in for that last play of overtime. I didn't see anything leading up to that. Um, I didn't see Blake Corum score the touchdown in overtime. I literally just saw that final play. Um, what a ride, man. What Dude. a ride. I thought Michigan was done for. For those who don't know, um, Michigan did beat Bama. That's what we're referring to. Um, they beat him in overtime, which it, it was, again, quite the ride, man. It was a roller coaster of emotions. Um, I have never felt such like body euphoria in terms of sports when Michigan stopped Jalen Milrow on the third, three yards away on his QB drop to win the Rose Bowl, to go to the Natty, which they're going to go down and hand it to Michael Penix and hand it to Washington, just like they did last time they played Washington. And it is going to be beautiful. It's going to be great. It's going to suck because we're going to win and, and Harbaugh is going to lose. But it, it is going to be <laughs> quite an experience to see Michigan win it all. Um, again, hopefully this doesn't come back and bite me in the butt. Um, in terms of the other game, that was Washington versus Texas. Um, the first, I would say, uh, uh, the first quarter and a half, it was a pretty close game. Um, after that, 
uh, Washington, you know, jumped ahead pretty handedly. Uh, and pretty much for the entire rest of the game, it looked like Washington was going to win that. Again, Dude, pretty handedly. looked like a superstar. Oh, my goodness. I feel so vindicated. I know we talked about it. Um, I'm a Penix guy. I've been a Penix guy. Um, I've said Penix was the third best quarterback in the draft class. I, I've kind of took a step back uh, because of uh, Jaden Daniels. Yeah. Um, but I still love Penix. I love, love, love Penix. Um, but but like I was saying, it, it looked like they were going to walk away uh, handedly. Um, and then the running back fumbles the football. And it Dude, gives insane. Texas a chance to get back in the game. And if Quinn Ewers hits his wide receiver in the chest instead of throwing it high in that last play of the game, it's Texas that is moving on to the championship, into the natty. Um, and that was – it was – you know, I feel so bad for Matt. I mean, that was absolutely heartbreaking. Um, I Dude, really, yeah. really – I wanted Texas to win – um, so bad because either way, one of us would have been happy. Um, obviously, I still would have been rooting for Michigan, uh, and honestly, I would have picked Michigan either way. Um, but I was rooting for Texas, so either way, yeah. either me or Matt, we're going to be happy. Um, but I know exactly how Matt is feeling. Um, I've literally been in the same exact, sorry guys, the same exact situation that he was in you know, two, two times the last two years in a row. I was in the same situation, uh, not quite to the same extent. I mean, Michigan um, got their, you know, you know what's handed to them against Georgia two years ago. But last year, yeah. the, that TCU game was was kind of similar to, to the way this game um, ended. But what were your thoughts watching um, both games? Yeah, so I was at work. Um, it was pretty chaotic. Oh, I bet. Um, so just because, I mean, it was New Year's Day, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But it was definitely, um, well, for one, it was a change of pace for me just because it was like, you know, that was my first shift in a while since I went out of town for the holidays. Um, yep. So, I mean, I'm trying to catch up with everything, but at the same exact time, I want to glance at all the TVs around me because I wanted to watch the game. Um, and so when I watched Michigan, um, well, for one, before my shift started, um, just because, you know, I'm a degenerate or degenerate when it comes to this. Um, so I definitely put a parlay together just because I was like, why not? You know? Um, and I had Blake Corum anytime touchdown and a Michigan win. Um, and then I had a Texas win and then two anytime touchdown scores in the second half. Of the parlay. Uh. So that's where it went South. Yeah. But um, I was rooting for Michigan and it felt weird. I told Caitlin cause she was there. I was like, this is very weird for me because I've never said, come on, Michigan, like, you got to finish this out, blah, blah, <laughs> like, never. Like, I'm always rooting against them. So it was a very weird feeling. Um, but, dude, that Texas and Washington game, like, I just wish – I mean, for one, like, it felt out of hand, like you had said. Mm. Um, but another thing is that, you know, dude, like, they kind of clawed back just a little That's bit. That's what I'm saying. Where it yeah, was like, it was- I, yeah, I thought that there was a they chance that Texas could actually do it. Uh, yeah. On that last play of the game, if Ewers hits his wide receiver in the chest with yep. the ball, instead of throwing it up high, I mean, I'm not kidding. It literally came to last last play of the game just like it did with Michigan. I mean, last yeah. play of the game, if something went different, we very well could have been seeing a Bama Texas championship. Right, right. It was very close, but, you know, um, I'm just happy that Bama lost. 
Yeah. Um, my rivalry with Bama is more intense than it is between – or no, it's probably about the same. I was going to say, don't you State and Michigan. Say. <laughs> My thing is, is like, dude, my dad is such a big Bama fan to where it's like mm-hmm. I want them to lose all the time so I could rub it in his face. Whereas for me and you and the Ohio State and Michigan, I was in that same room that you're sitting in right now, and we watched that game, and I was just kind of like, yeah, it's all right. But I remember – when Fields and Mac Jones were oh, playing God. in the national championship and we were watching it and I was just like sitting on the couch, like, like, <laughs> like, like, yeah. in, I mean, torn up and you were sitting there like, Oh, that's a Heisman winner. And then turns out the bad oh, guy was actually your, your wide receiver. So, um, but I mean, it's all in good fun. You know, my new year's resolution for this year is to get more involved with college football um, because this is something that I've heard is sometimes even better than the NFL, and I want to get into it. So <laughs> um, we'll see. I mean, dude, I was able to get into wrestling again, so why wouldn't I be able mm-hmm. to get into college football like I am, you know? Yep. Um, and even more so talk about college football um, recently because it's become – hopefully yeah. we get to, to go again. But recently, um, you know, we're talking about the combine and everything like that, how cool it is to go and stuff like that. Maybe there's maybe, a pretty decent chance. What? <laughs> oh, maybe Detroit in May or in April, maybe. Late April. Yeah. Just throwing that out there for our listeners. But we might be gaining a uh, little bit of a, uh, I don't know, like a road trip buddy. Um, Caitlin is gaining a little bit of interest in it. She's actually been following a lot of Detroit college football Indy. stuff. Indy for the scouting. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, she was like, you know, we're looking at this, the schedule and stuff like that. And she's like, I don't know. Do you ever get bored at it? And I was like, well, I don't really like watching the linemen go, but like, I kind of hey. go for them. <laughs> but I, I, know, I will that. say when, when Mary came, Mary was bored out of her mind. But if you go for like the wide receiver quarterback and running back day, that's like perfect. I mean, it's, we saw so that like, on a freaking show last year. So I looked at the early like preliminary schedule and it's mm-hmm. defensive backs and tight ends on, I want to say it's Friday. Mm-hmm. And then um, you've got quarterbacks, wide receivers and sure. running backs on Saturday. Um, and then it's, um, I want to say offensive linemen and, uh, place kickers. I want to say for Sunday or Mm -hmm. yeah, Sunday. And that's the last day. Whereas for Thursday, that's when the defensive linemen and linebackers go. So, you know, but so really I was telling her, I was like, I think that you'd really enjoy the middle two days because that's huge. So, you know, it'd be fun, but. Obviously, we got to get tickets for it first, and it's hard enough to do that. So we'll see how that goes. Um, But, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I obviously want to get into it. I feel like I know a little bit more about all the prospects this year than I have in previous years. So, you know, I'm very excited about it. So, you know, we'll see where it goes. For for all all the new listeners who we hopefully just gained from from Greg and and Braggs and everyone uh, who who just – uh, popped on. Um, I just referred to him as two different people. Obviously, he's the same person. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, no, the draft, um, huge thing. I personally, you know, personally in my life, the draft is huge. Ryan has been getting into it even more uh, the last year and a half or so, which I absolutely love. It makes me so incredibly happy to see that you're getting into the draft. Um, 
but yeah, for those again who who are just you know new to the podcast, uh, the draft is like absolutely my thing. Absolutely love it. Um, and then I keep on seeing Detroit and Indy. For those who are not familiar, um, the combine is held in Indy um, every year. We, uh, me, Ryan, and then our close friend Matt. If you guys go back and listen to a couple of podcasts, he appears in a couple of them. Uh, we go to the combine. We've gone to the combine the last two years. Um, and then Detroit is where the draft is being held this year. Um, yeah. But then just uh, back onto this one so we can move on because almost a two-hour-long podcast. Um, So with with the results of of the game in the past Monday, um, like I said, it's going to be Michigan versus uh, Washington. Michigan matches up very, very well against Washington. Um, Going into it, the big concern of Texas versus Washington was how – I don't want to say how bad Texas uh, secondary was, but Texas didn't have the best secondary, and that was their – the glaring issue with Texas um, and right. we saw them get exposed. Michigan absolutely doesn't have that issue. Um, I would say outside of that final drive, I mean, Michigan did a fairly good job even holding Marvin Harrison jr. To, uh, you know, one of his worst games outside of that final drive there. Um, so Michigan secondary is real good. And in Michigan, I have no doubt is going to be able to run the ball down the throat of Washington. It's going to be really fun. Michigan matches up really well against it. It's going to be, uh, again, a very, very fun game. I'm looking forward to watching it. Um, and hopefully Michigan wins it all, guys. If Michigan wins yeah. it all, I could care less what happens with the Eagles. Um, I the, the Eagles could be bounced in the first round of the Bucks, and I, I wouldn't care at that point. I just wouldn't. Right. That's just how it is, guys. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, that, that's my piece. Hopefully when we see each other next week, um, Ben's college corner will be done for a little bit and be wrapped up, but hopefully we end it with me saying Michigan won it all. Yeah. Um, guys, I, I obviously, like we had said, um, you know, this has been a longer podcast, so we normally play Weddle. I'm going to kind of nix that idea and say, we will save that for next week. Yep. Um, but next week's a special show. Um, for those of you that don't know, um, obviously, yes, we have a guest on Kyle Gagliardi. Very excited about that. But next week, Ben, I don't even know if you noticed this. We will be recording on literally the two-year mark on the day mm-hmm. of the creation of the Pigskin Project. Yep. Um, so very excited about that. Um, you know, just all I got to say is that if you guys are brand new, um, at least, at least drop a follow just because, I mean, this isn't, this isn't just what we do here. This is, I mean, we talk and we take, I mean, we hit on a lot of takes, Ben, I don't know if you know this. I look back at our predictions. I had the bears at nine and eight. You had them at eight and nine. You have the opportunity to be right this year. Um, so you know, huge, huge take on that. I know a lot of people that tuned in today were Bears fans, um, but you can find us on any of our socials above. Um, but most of all, and I think I can speak for Ben for this, if you guys tuned in tonight, we just want to say thank you because there was a yes. lot more people than we were necessarily used to. Yeah. And uh, we just want to say thank you. And if you guys are listening afterwards, um, either on YouTube, on X slash Twitter, on Spotify, et cetera, et cetera, um, you know, this is just huge thank you so much for that um and that's gonna do it unless ben has anything else for us two simple words for you guys go blue (laughs) with that being said guys we want to thank 
um, Uppercuts Grooming in Northwest Indiana for helping us grow as a podcast, as well as Spotify for podcasters and regional radio sports network. Uh, please follow us on all of our socials as it helps us grow as a podcast more than any of you guys know. Thanks again for tuning into the Pigskin Project. And until next time, we will see you guys later.